So we're talking about the church in Acts and the Acts 2 church. And one of the things that you find that we've said the last couple of weeks about that church in Acts is there was a simplicity about that church, that first church in the book of Acts. There was a simplicity. I mean, they, they listened to Jesus. They went to an upper room and they waited for the Holy Spirit to fall. And once the Holy Spirit fell, they preached the word. They preached Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection. They preached him crucified. They preached him resurrected. And God added people to the church. There's a little simplicity about that. And I think in today's church, we complicate things a lot. Uh, you know, there's a lot of programs we do in today's church, which are all good. Nothing wrong with any of those things. There's, uh, you know, a lot of methods and all of these things that we want to do in church today. And all of those are fine. But if Jesus is not our foundation... And the simplicity of the book of Acts is not our catalyst, and the Holy Spirit is not our leader, then I think we're trying to get ahead of God. My parents used to call it putting the cart before the horse. Amen. Sometimes we put the cart before the horse. Uh, so there are times when we need to wait. Jesus told the, uh, told the, the, uh, the disciples, and they would be future apostles, he said to go to the room and what? Wait. Wait. And uh, they waited for 10 more days after being taught for 40 days. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was in the presence of Jesus, the physical Jesus, and the resurrected Jesus, and taught for 40 days about the kingdom of God, if he was there teaching me, and I heard him, and I could see him, and I could touch him, and he taught me uh, these spiritual things about the kingdom of God for 40 days, and then he stood up on Mount Sinai, and he went up. I'd be ready. He said, go. I said, I'm ready. I'm ready. We've been 40 days you've been pouring into us. But he said, guess what? You still got to wait. You have to wait for the promise of the Spirit. And so I would say the Acts 2 church, one of the things we need to do is wait for the Spirit to lead us. We need to pray and wait and see what God would say, which direction he would say go in. And so that, that is the characteristic of the Acts 2 church. But you know that we are important to the Acts church. The church isn't a figment. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the universal church and we talked about the local church. We have to understand that we are building blocks. We are stones that make up the local church. And each local church is a stone that makes up the universal church. It's not mythical. Come on. It's not something that's out there. The church, you are the church. You and I make up the church. And so we have to understand when you hurt, Jesus hurts. When you have a victory, he has a victory. He knows everything that you go through. And it's not just Sunday morning in service that makes the church. Come on, it's such in the marketplace. It's us at our job. It's us every, in our families, watching TV at home, going to the movies, going bowling, whatever it is you do. Uh, it, that's all part of it. We make up the church every moment of every day. You are the church because Jesus and Christianity is not something that we do or we put on. It's who you are. And so the Acts 2 church is, has to be who we are. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, looking at verse number 19. The Bible says this, now, therefore, you not the, the physical building of the church, not the mythical universal church. You, you, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, 
but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. No longer does God simply dwell in some physical temple. No longer does he dwell in the ark of the covenant. You now and I are the ark of the covenant. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are his temple. You are the place that God dwells. It's important for us to really grasp that and understand that God dwells in you and I. First Peter 2.5 puts it this way. Peter said, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Paul went on to say in 1 Corinthians, but now God has set the members, each one of them, that means each one of you, in the body just as who pleased. Just, did he take a vote and say, where do you guys want to be in the body? I don't recall that he did that. But it says, just as he pleased, he set you in there. Now you are the body of Christ and members individual. So building this Acts 2 church, it's important to remember that it's up to us. It's that thing, be the change that you want to see. It's up to us. We have to grab the bull by the horns, as it were. We have to, we have, to have skin in the game, I like to say. We have to throw ourselves into it. It's up to us. We can't sit back and wait for somebody else. We can't sit back and wait for Bishop Jakes to build the church. We can't wait for Oral Roberts or Jesse Duplantis or Perry, whoever it is that you like, <laughs> that you like their preaching and teaching. We can't sit back and wait for them to build the church. They're preaching to you to tell you it's up to you to build the church. It's, on, it's, it's your faith. Do you remember when Jesus healed people? One of the interesting things to me is, uh, you know, we say, oh, if, if Jesus would just come by and heal me. But one of the things that you notice, whenever Jesus healed somebody, you know, very often it was, uh, your faith has made you whole. I have never seen such great faith, not my faith, Jesus is saying, your faith. Never seen such great faith in all of Israel. Go, your son is healed, your daughter is healed, your servant is healed. Why? Because of your faith. Get up. Your faith has made you whole. It's up to you. We have skin in the game, folks. It's not we just don't sit back and pray and wait for God to do it. God hears your prayer and now he's waiting for you to do it. He's made provisions. Uh, he, he has everything that we need. He has supplied us with the Holy Spirit. Uh, he has, uh, he's told us to look to him. Don't look at things on the earth, but look to him and because we are set in heavenly places. He's already told us all of these things. And so the question when I look in the mirror at myself is what are you waiting for? Begin to speak the word of God in your life and watch your life be built up. And watch this Acts 2 church be built up. But we can't sit and wait for somebody else to do it. Because you are the living stones that make up this church. That make up this church. You know what? The Acts 2 church, it, it wasn't just something for uh, what they call the, the Bible days. <laughs> 
You know, back then, that's when they had apostles and prophets. Back then is when people got healed. Back then is when miracles happened. Guess what? Miracles never stop. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit that made that water solid that he could walk on when he walked on water, both him and Peter, by the way, come on, that same Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. And so with man it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. We have to get that down in our spirit. Let's build this church up so that we can move forward. And I want to mention, I, I just want to remind you that, listen, we're, we're doing this because of God. We don't do this simply for what he can do for us. We know that. But guess what? By the way, there are benefits for you. If you would surrender all, if you would put everything in his hands, come on somebody, if you will build God's house, come on, he will build your house. Put it in his hands and you will have benefits. He makes you the head and not the tail. He makes you and puts you above and never again beneath. Come on, you are the leaders. We can't look to the world. We can't look to the government and the president, uh, no matter what party they're in. We can't look to uh, programs and all of those things. We have the answer for the world living in us. Come on. And you have the answer for yourself, by the way, living in you. And so we want to be an Acts 2 church builder. Let me give you seven characteristics of an Acts 2 church builder. These are obvious and undeniable characteristics of a church builder. Come on. The Acts 2 church builder, first of all, is a person who is a fully devoted follower of Christ. Christ said, listen, turn your back on the world in so many words. Pick up your cross, pick up, the, pick up the cross because there's some things that need to be nailed to the cross, mainly your flesh, and then follow me. Well, I want to follow Christ. I'm just going to go follow him. Up, 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 up. Sell everything you have. In other words, put everything else behind you. If you're going to follow me, you're going to have to follow me. I don't want half followers. I don't want three-quarter followers. I don't want sometimes followers. I don't want a weekend love. Come on. I don't want a Saturday love. I, I want you all the time because I gave all of me to you. When I died on, when I wrapped my, not even to the cross, when I wrapped myself in flesh, Christ is saying, and came from the right hand of the Father, when I came from heaven to this earth, I gave all of me to you. I didn't hold anything back. All good and perfect gifts come from above. I didn't hold anything back, God is saying. So don't hold anything back from me. If you'll give it all to me, come on. I know what's best for you. I know what you like. I, I, know, what, I know what you like. I know things that you like you don't even know you like. Come on. I, I, listen, he'll give you the desires of your heart, and then he'll give you the desires of your heart. Come on. And so God wants a fully devoted. He wants us to yield ourselves totally to him. Just like in the first church, the first apostles who became this A2 church builder. All of our goals, our ambitions, our selfish ideas sometimes, our talents, our desires must be abandoned and given to him as best we can in favor of his divine plan. We must speak his word. We must believe what he says. And when we speak his word, we hear his word. It gets into our spirit. We must believe his word. If he says you're healed, we have to believe it. If he says you're delivered from sin, we must believe it. 
We, there's things that we're in sometimes that we continue. You ever been in something sometime you say, man, this is just, it just seems like I, just, I take one step forward and two steps back. Seems like I just can't get over it. I keep whatever it is. I'm trying to diet. I'm trying to have a different attitude. I'm trying to do whatever it is. Half the time, we just don't believe it. We must believe it that we've overcome. We don't believe it. God is saying if you will begin to believe it, then you'll start speaking it. And if you don't, if you don't believe it, start speaking it, and then you'll believe it. <laughs> you got to do something. Come on. God is saying, come on. Come on. My word is true. We, have to, we believe that the full devotion to Christ and his cause, listen, is normal for every believer. I'm not talking about something that's way out. Wow, if I can achieve that. No, 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 no. This is normal for every believer. Paul told the Romans this. He said, listen, that's your reasonable service in chapter 12 of Romans. That's your reasonable service. This is normal. This should be normal. Do you know that we say God does miracles? I cannot believe, you know, that I, I, I won that money. I can't believe that so-and-so had cancer and now all of a sudden they're healed. I can't believe that uh, that house was way out of my price range, but all of a sudden God made a way. I can't believe, you know what? It's normal for God. It, these are not things that God does. These are who he is. It's just who he is. He just does that. I mean, if you have, if you have a being that breathes and stars come out, come on, somebody. You think it's abnormal for him to provide for you? You think it's abnormal for him to heal you? You think it's abnormal for him to deliver you? It's just who he is. But the problem is us. There's a thing in our mind that we can't get past. I'm asking too much of God. He doesn't know all the things I've done. Yes, he does. He knows everything you've done, and he still loves you. Amen. We need to set our love on him just as he has set his love on us. I mean, you want to talk about some things. We can talk about some things in the Bible. We can go from Abraham lying to Moses getting all upset. We can go to David murdering and committing adultery. What do you want? To, we, can, we can go through it all. And God blessed every last one of them because he had their heart. Now, that's not giving you an excuse. Paul said, God forbid that I sin and test God. Don't test him now. But listen, God knows everything you've done and everything you've been through. He knows it. He knows all the bad, all the wrong thoughts. He knows everything, and he still loves you. He's saying, just turn toward me. Let me handle all that. There's nothing you can do about it anyway. If you committed one little teeny sin, and this person over here committed 357,000 sins, neither one of you can do anything about it. Neither, not even the one that committed the little sin. You still got to come to me. So believe my word. He wants somebody who's fully devoted to him. Number two, the Acts 2, A2 church builder is a person fully devoted not only to Christ, but to the vision, his vision for you. Matthew 28, come on, go, preach, teach, make disciples, live the way I've called you to live. We've got to abandon everything else. We've got to be part of the fellowship of the unashamed. Say fellowship of the unashamed. That's what we got to be. We got to be part of this fellowship. One person put it this way. He said, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. Guess what? I've stepped over the line. <laughs> the decision has been made, and I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down. Uh, I, I won't be still. Why? Because my past is redeemed, my present makes sense, 
and my future is secure. I'm talking about the almighty God this morning. I am finished. Now listen, we need to, we need to proclaim this. I'm finished and I'm done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, chintzy giving, and dwarfed goals. That's all behind me now. Because this is who God is. He is a miracle. He just doesn't do, you do miracles, you are great. Guess what? He is a miracle. It's just in him. And so now I no longer need preeminence and position and promotions and plaudits and popularity. I don't have to be right first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by presence. I lean by faith. I love by patience. I lift by prayer and I labor by power. My pace is set, my gate is set, and my gate is fast, and my goal is heaven. My road narrow, sometimes the way seems like it's rough, but guess what? We're not coming up on the rough side of the mountain. Come on, because when you got the Holy Spirit, you're walking on water in circumstances. Come on, somebody. I, I, I cannot be bought because my mission is clear. I can't be compromised, deterred, or lured away from this thing because my face is set. It's set like a flint. I won't give up, back up, let up, shut up until I'm preached up, prayed up, paid up, stored up, and stayed up. Come on, somebody. You got to be determined in your spirit. I'm all these things for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go until he returns, give until I drop, preach until all know, and work until he comes. And when he comes to get his own, he'll have no problem recognizing me. Come on, somebody, because my colors will be clear. He's going to know who I am because I've given my whole life to him. And when you do that, you are blessed beyond belief. You have no idea. Don't look at other people and say, how is it that they seem like they're just so blessed? Everything they touch turns to gold. Guess what? God has the same blessing. He's the same God. Same blessings for you. His blessings will overtake you just like they'll overtake someone else. He just wants you to be dedicated to him. Why? Why should I give my whole? It just doesn't seem fair. Why do, why do I have to give my whole life to God? Why would I surrender all? Right? Like God has something to prove to us. Now, don't get me started on that. But God is saying, listen, if you'll just give it all to me, I'll exchange. I'll exchange. Beauty for ashes. If you give it all to me, you have no idea what you're getting back. You can't handle it. You can't handle what I'm putting on you. But I want all that stuff. See, stop closing your hand. No, God, you can't have it. Open your hand. Give it to him because he's going to put some stuff in your hand. You're not, wait, hold, hold it. Hold on, Lord. I know you're going to give me all this. I know you're going to put all this on me. He will put on you more than you can bear. But guess what? You have the Holy Spirit in you. Power. Number three, the A2 church builder is a person fully devoted to the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a it, it's not a what, it's not Casper the friendly ghost, it's not mysterious. We make the Holy Spirit so mysterious. We get into church services and start playing music and feel like, oh, I just, I need the Spirit. Yeah, sometimes the Spirit will take you over, I ain't going to lie about it. But I'm going to tell you, don't, don't make it so mysterious. God said, boy, y'all some strange people. I'm trying to give you this power. Even speaking in tongues, we just make it all strange. 
God said, y'all some strange people. <laughs> I'm trying to give you this power so you can overcome in everyday life. I'm trying to give you some, I'm a spirit, but I'm trying to give you some practical living advice and some practical living power so you can overcome every day. You can overcome attitudes, you can overcome financial hardships, you can overcome illness and sickness, you can overcome sin that's at your doorstep, you can overcome everything that the enemy would throw your way if you'll receive the person of the Holy Spirit. It's a he. And then number four, the A2 church builder is a person fully devoted, now listen, fully devoted to participating and not spectating when it comes to serving the Lord. Participating and not just spectating, not just sitting back, what they going to do today? What's he going to talk about today? Which songs they going to sing today? What's so-and-so going to say to me at greeting time? What they doing about the children? What the youth doing? They, now they're going to camp. Now, now they just came back from the Philippines. Well, what's so-and-so doing? What's Angie doing? What's this person doing? Spectating, just seeing what everybody else doing. God saying, what you doing? Come on, put your hands to the plow and don't look backward. Be fit for the kingdom of heaven. Put your hands to the plow and look forward. You might say, well, what, what can I do? I, there's a lot of stuff you can do. You can encourage somebody. You can call someone. You can pray. You can work in children's. You can work in the church. You can, there's a lot that you can do. Be part of the fellowship. Don't be separated. No one is an island. Jump in it. Jump in the deep end. Jump in the, don't jump in the three feet. Jump in the 12 feet. Come on, where it's over your head. Jump in. Get in this thing. You're devoted, you're participating, and not just spectating. And in number five, the A2 church builder is a person fully devoted to the life of giving. We need to understand that we, we live to give. And when you first hear give, I know the first thing that comes to your mind is probably money. But, you, but your life, give your life. Jesus gave his life. For God so loved the world, somebody finish it, that he... He gave his only begotten son. God is saying, give your life to me. If you give your life to me, tithes and offerings won't be. That's just a little small part of it. That, that'll come along. Nobody should have to preach to you about giving money. Nobody should have to preach to you about that. That's just part of it. What about giving your time? What about giving your service? Come on, what about giving prayer? Right? What about giving your ear? That's one of the things that's hardest for me sometimes. Oh, she's calling again. All right. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to pray for you. I know. I'm going to pray for you. Come on. Give. A life of giving. Give. You, have, you must be a giver. We must live to give over and above. Come on. And then number six, the A2 church builder is a person fully devoted to winning the unsaved, the prodigals, and I threw this in, the unchurched. Because I know I've been saying, we've been talking about it in our leadership meetings. I, I've been saying, yeah, well, you know, really our, our goal is to go out and uh, really witness to the lost. But not just the lost. You know, there's a, there's a few that are unchurched. Not just a few. And, and they've been to church, been hurt, been offended, and, and probably have a right. <laughs> they don't have a right, but I, 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 I could understand. Come on. Some of us in church, we just, we just don't understand that you're supposed to be uh, kind and we're, we're, to get, we're to get people into the church. Hello? We're not to push them away from church. 
And sometimes we push them away by looking down our nose at others. Come on, Christians. Come on, Christians. I know you're right. And you got the right scripture. <laughs> Come on. And you've been through it before. You're right. But guess what? Being right always doesn't draw people in. Well, I don't care if they come in. That's up to them. I ain't got nothing to do with that. All I'm doing is telling them what the Bible says. I'm telling them what the Bible says, and then after that, it's up to them. Guess what? God's going to be looking at you. He's going to be looking at you when you go stand before him because he's going to say you had a bad attitude and you pushed him away. Yes, but I told him what the Bible says. Yeah, but you told him what the Bible said, B-I-V-A. You told him what the Bible says, but it was with the wrong attitude. You got to have the right attitude when you give scripture. Come on, saints. You got to do it. It's, it's our, it's, now, this doesn't mean that you lower your standards. I've said it, and I'll say it again. We know we don't lower our standards. Jesus never lowered his standards. Even when he was at Matthew's house, when he was at the wedding, he didn't want to go to the wedding, I believe. But his mama made him go. When he was at the wedding, when he was at Matthew's house, come on. When he was around sinners, he never lowered his standards, but he never pushed them away. He never pushed them away. Where are your accusers? I have none, Lord. Then I don't accuse you either. Now go and sin no more. See, don't lower your standards. Now you've been forgiven. Go and sin no more. Let's, not, let's stop pushing people away because we're right. We're right. Stop pushing people away. I know. Look in the mirror. Come on. Stop pushing them away. These people have, uh, you know, these people who are, are, are devoted to winning the unsaved and the unchurched and the prodigals, they, they have a, what I call a sinner-sensitive attitude toward the lost and the unchurched. We must be sensitive. And if we will listen to the Lord instead of listening to our own mind, God would tell us that in every situation. This may cause some religious nervousness in others. <laughs> I know that. Well, wait a minute now. But God is telling us, you need to have my heart, have my heart. And then finally, the A2 church builder is a person fully devoted to meeting the real needs of all people in Jesus' name. Now, when I say that, you may focus on, oh, meeting the needs of people. Yeah, it says meeting the needs of people, but don't forget a little three-letter word in there. Meeting the needs of all people, not just people that look like you, not just people that think like you, come on. Uh, not just whatever it might be, but we need to meet the needs of all people in Jesus' name. Giving them the word, giving them life. Come on, praying for them, encouraging them in the name of Jesus. This is the A2 church builder. Come on, we, we must be dedicated to this. If we know how to meet the needs of all people in all walks of life, we will always have capacity for attendance of the Holy Spirit in our life. If we meet the needs of all people, we will always walk in blessings. If we speak scripture and speak faith, God will always, he never fails to bless us. He just doesn't do it. We will always need to grow, to add services, to add ministries. We're always going to need to do that. And so we always need to look to the Lord. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Where am I? Where do I go next? I was talking to my sister earlier, and she said, I know there's more that God wants me to do. We all should have that attitude. God, what is it that I should be doing? What is it that you want me to do? How can I meet the needs of others? But we're so focused on how can the church meet my need? What are you going to say? What word do you have that's going to help me to grow? What, what song are, are you going to sing where I can worship and I can be closer to you, Lord? Yeah, all those things are perfect. 
But if it doesn't translate into an overflow, we're going to be, a, we were never meant to be reservoirs. We were meant to be rivers and streams. Come on. Flowing water. Because we have the river of life in us. We have the river of life in us. We're never meant to be a reservoir just to get. You know what happens when you get too fat and it keeps on coming in? You eventually burst. Come on. And that's not the way we want to give out to other people. Give out, give out. We have a dream where the hurting and the discouraged and depressed and frustrated and confused people can find love, acceptance, guidance, and encouragement. All the be, be blessed to be a blessing. That's who we are. And so if we're going to be an Acts 2, a true Acts 2, not just a church builder. Come on, I've, I've said this before. And I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe you are the type of person that you just like church. And church is part of what you do. Maybe it's tradition. Maybe you grew up in church. Or maybe you feel like if I go to church, I feel better about myself. I've come to a point in my life where I don't need church to feel better about myself. You understand what I'm saying? I don't need to go to church just to feel better about myself. Because when you do that, you, you have a wrong view of church. <laughs> Come on. Now, I know we go to get filled up. Yes, we do. We go to worship. There's something about corporate prayer and corporate worship and all of those things. But just being a pastor or an elder or a whatever you want to be called, I don't need that to be a valid person. I don't need that to validate me. God validates us. The Word of God validates us. And so I don't want to just come to church just to have a meeting, just to meet and for a few people to say amen, and that was a great sermon, or that I really like that song, or it was good to see so-and-so. We could do that anywhere. But we come for the presence of God, to meet God, not only to glorify him, but to be filled and to give and to say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? This, this, is, this ought to be an organism, the body of Christ. It's living, breathing, moving in the atmosphere. There's something about the atmosphere. And I, I promise you, I'm not getting weird on you, but there's something about the atmosphere when the Spirit of God is there and when the presence of God is there. When Je you know, when Jesus walked into the room, things change immediately. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit that's in him, the anointing. And that's what church should be. We've got to stop making church just a gathering place where we sing a few songs and say a few words to people and hear a sermon, and that's all it is. We, we must leave changed every time we come into the presence of the Lord. That's the kind of Acts 2 church that I want to build. I don't know about you, but I want to build an Acts 2 church everywhere they went. Come on, God was adding to the church. The Holy Spirit was falling. They were asking the question, have you been filled with the Spirit? We haven't even heard of the Spirit. Well, let's pray. Come on, in the spirit fall, people start prophesying, people getting healed. Stuff was always happening. I mean, listen, you want an exciting, your life boring? You want an exciting life? Give it all to God. I mean, you want an exciting life? Give everything to God. Your life will be exciting. You don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You might not know what's going to happen two, three hours from now. Come on, much less next week because God's got it all. He's seen it. He's in eternity. That's the kind of Acts 2 church that I want to build. And I think if we build, not I think, I know that if we build that kind of church, then uh, we will all benefit from it. You know, it's, it's that thing where uh, we, we all are like boats out there in a reservoir. And when the Spirit of God come, 
all the boats are lifted up. Every last one of us, not just the holy, not just the bishop so-and-so, all of us, every last one of us, the Spirit of God, and it flows like a river. It just comes in. It comes in, and it lifts all of us up. We need to go to another place in God. So let's join together and build this Acts 2 church. Amen.